0: Before we get to today's career journey, I'd like to thank Surfshark VPN for sponsoring this episode. Surfshark VPN is essential for any student who works remotely as much as I do. If you don't want prying eyes while you're enjoying a horchata almond milk frappuccino at your local Starbucks, then get Surfshark VPN today. You'll be able to surf social media and stream your favorite content stress-free, knowing Surfshark has you and your data covered. The average person spends six to eight hours online daily, so privacy is really important. Surfshark VPN encrypts all internet traffic to and from your computer and provides a level of privacy all students and parents desire. Surfshark VPN also blocks pesky ads, I hate those, trackers, malware, and shady people from getting your private data. And the best part about Surfshark is they allow me to access my streaming content anywhere in the world. I can enjoy the tick in Tunisia, Monk in Malaysia, and the Big Bang Theory in Bangkok. Just for our listeners, you can try Surfshark VPN today with 83% off and a free month. Just use promo code learn from others to sign up. Keep yourself safe with Surfshark today. Well, welcome to Learn From Others, where we help others succeed by sharing success. I'm very excited to introduce our special guest today, Tom Burton. Tom, how are you doing today? I'm doing well. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah, no, I really appreciate it. Well, before you tell us what you're actually doing today, if you would, could you tell me what did you want to be when you grew up? Well, it's
1: funny. Early on, I wanted to be, I wanted to work in the park system. So uh, not necessarily a park ranger, but like a naturalist initially, but then I fell in love with basketball. So, like many of my friends, I wanted to play in the NBA, which, for those listening, you haven't heard of Tom Burton, the basketball player, for a reason.
0: Right. Okay. So, why is that? Are you not tall enough or not skilled enough? (laughs) Well, (laughs) well, I don't know. know, It's
1: it's funny. At one point, I certainly felt I was both. Uh, But, uh, you know, the nice thing with sports, a lot of times that, you know, you have that awakening where you just kind of realize that. you just didn't have it. So I worked really hard, and I, and I'll talk about that in a little bit because I think it's a great message. But ultimately, I just didn't have what it took to <laughs> to make it to the NBA, So, which is okay, which is okay.
0: That would be pretty interesting to hear that story because I've had some NFL athletes, and one of my previous guests was an NFL athlete for like three months and then got injured and had to have a backup plan. So, yeah, that's uh, interesting when you've kind of got to make a big career change like that. Well, tell us, you said you're not a – a uh, professional basketball player. So, what are you today? What is your day job?
1: I am a school superintendent at Princeton City Schools, and uh, very proud uh, to to be so. And um, I love I love what I do each and every day. It's very challenging for sure. And uh, Princeton is actually the most diverse school district in the state of Ohio, and we have about 6,500 students, and we're located just outside of Cincinnati.
0: Okay. Wow, that's awesome. Okay, so I've never met a uh, school superintendent before, so this is exciting for me. And I've always wondered, how do you become a superintendent? What's that career path like? Why would you want to become a superintendent? So if you would, just take us from the moment of, I guess, go through your basketball career. It sounds like it was uh, a lot of stuff you had to figure out. And then your educational career up to today. You
1: know, it's interesting. I grew up in a really, really diverse area. In fact, uh, say it was lower socioeconomic where I was born uh, and raised. Actually, where I was raised. Interestingly, the, the community switched uh, over quite a bit to low socioeconomic. Our parents felt like it was, it was uh, you know, the world that we were living in and was diverse. And so to, to move away from that diverse setting actually would not, being allowing, would not allow us to learn at the rate that we probably needed to learn and experience myself and my two sisters. So uh, ultimately, in that beautiful environment, loved it each and every day, uh, sports is really, really big. And, you know, I, I played a lot of basketball, fell in love with it. It was absolutely the worst sport I played early on. If you listen to my dad was here, he would interrupt me and say I should have played football. I, <laughs> I, had, a, I had the gift of a pretty decent arm and, and uh, understood the game. My dad was a big coach. And so I think it came a little bit naturally. Uh, but stopped playing that in ninth grade. Uh, ran cross country only to stay in shape for basketball. And then I played baseball. So I did that 10th, 11th, and 12th grade. I think it was, I was marginally successful, nothing significant, uh, but loved basketball. I did one drill every single day from sixth grade on and through my college playing days. And uh, it was one shooting drill, and I did it over and over and over again. And for those people that would you know play basketball with me, whether it was college or, or outside of college, would probably, and respectfully, they would probably say I was a pretty good shooter, and that's because I did this one drill over and over at nausea. and that's, I think, the message that, you know, I've talked to, to multiple people before about, like, failed dreams. So my dream was to play in the NBA, and I did this drill over and over, I played in these leagues and played... You know, junior college, and I was at Texas Tech for a little bit and then finished at Slippery Rock University Division II school in Pennsylvania, but never really did anything anywhere, but still loved it and worked hard every day. Now, I didn't make it, didn't play in the NBA, but ultimately the message or the, the kind of takeaway for me was I learned, like, dedication. I learned perseverance. I learned, like, you have to be so relentless in your pursuit because i would say i think i did everything i possibly could have to make it at this really high level but i never did right but i don't have any regrets at all because i know that i worked every day at it anyway i think those those lessons like once i found out what i really wanted to do so i wasn't didn't want to be a naturalist anymore fell in love with teaching and coaching and, and i did that I started a, uh, a very small parochial school in Willoughby, Ohio, and I was coaching at the time too, volleyball as well as basketball. And then so I did that for a little bit, went to Mexico, lived down there, ran the sports program, played some basketball down there, had some good opportunities down there, came back home, taught and coached at a college for three years, and then went back to my middle level alma mater, Monticello Junior High, and that's when right. things really started to turn for me. The giving back to a community that gave so much to me was really critical. And so <clears throat> I did I coached five sports, finished my masters, was really, really active in the community and just knew that for me to really accomplish some of the goals and dreams that I had from an educational perspective, I needed to had that dogged pursuit, the relentless pursuit of, of educational excellence, if you will. So I finished my master's, went back to school, got my administrative license through John Carroll, then ended up getting a job as an assistant principal, and I was there for three years, then moved to be a, a principal for three years, I had a great staff, worked hard, uh, great student body, um, had a lot of work to do. But uh, the staff was amazing, and we ended up posting great results and really kind of turned around a culture, which is wonderful. And then I went from there to be a middle school principal at another school district. And, again, great staff, worked real hard, saw a lot of improvement, tremendous opportunities for students, and then went in to be a director administrative services. And then from there, moved down to Cincinnati from Cleveland, and uh, to be an associate superintendent, I was that for three years, and now superintendent for the last two.
0: Wow, okay. So that's a, quite a career trajectory you just laid out there. So if you would, tell me, at what point did you decide you wanted to pursue teaching beyond athletics? And what was that? Sure. Like, what, what what made you say, I want to become a principal. I want to keep on going. Like, Was there a moment, or was it just you wanted to continue to improve yourself? Can you talk to that a little bit?
1: Sure, I will. and you know what, I, I, I'd be remiss if I didn't say that uh, during the time when I was an assistant principal, I went back to get my Ph.D., which I never did, but along the way, I got what's called an educational specialist degree along with my superintendent's license. I don't want anybody to think that all you needed was, you know, any administrative degree to become a superintendent, so you need additional coursework beyond that, so that's what I did. Okay. But, you know, it it was interesting. I remember talking to uh, some of my colleagues at Monticello Middle School. And when I was there, you know, I just said, I feel like I can do more. And they kind of laughed because, you know, I'm coaching five sports. I'm doing all this stuff. I'm on all these these committees. But I think it was that being so busy and and giving a lot to a lot of different committees and organizations. And you hear people say, boy, you would – be great to go into administration and so that kind of got me thinking and that's why I did it initially and feeling like I could do more and I could expand my kind of my circle of influence if you will
0: right, right. so that's okay. why
1: that's why I went into administration and and I uh, did a lot have done a lot with uh, student leadership and I uh, have always loved being around the students uh, great kids, and uh, you know I say there really aren't bad kids. There are great kids who make really bad decisions, uh, but by and large, been really blessed with a great student mind.
0: Right now, tell me, what is your typical work week or work month like, whichever one makes more sense for your job?
1: Mm-hmm. So Princeton has one high school, well, actually two high schools. There's an Innovation Center and a Princeton High School, a middle school, and eight elementary schools. So okay. my my goal is to get every two weeks to get inside every building. And I would say that as an associate superintendent, I did it for sure. And for the first uh, maybe year and a quarter, I've done that as a superintendent now. Lately, we've been battling some uh, what I would say would be short-sighted legislation with the state. And so I've turned a lot of my energy there to advocate for public schools. And so by doing that, it's kind of pulled me away from some of the, you know, the, the visibility of being in and out of schools. Although typically, uh, you know, I'm, I'm in and out of them, but I'm not in and out of them like I used to be. So okay. a typical day, if you look at today, I was up actually working out about 5 o'clock, uh, finished working out, went to our rec center, started there at 6, did some other things at 5, went there at 6. And came back home, got ready, was in in the office about 7.15, 7.30. I had, you know, a couple meetings early on, and then I had my administrative cabinet. From there, went to community organization, our Rotary Club, because we had a speech competition, which one of our students was in. And then went and did classroom visitations at one of the elementary schools. Taught for like five minutes with a class. The teachers were phenomenal where we're at right now. And so being able to, you know, they just kind of gave me the marker and just said go because they know, you know, I love the students. And so I helped teach a math class and then came back, had a meeting about some real estate. And then from there went to another elementary school and then took about 10 calls uh, between the elementary school and driving around the district. Uh, had, had a lot of, lot of questions about, about some funding issues and some other things going on right now. And then uh, after this podcast, I'll be back in the office till about 6.45 and then going to a concert tonight at 7. I'll be back home about eight thirty-nine o'clock.
0: <laughs> now, what kind of concert is it? It's a vo- high school vocal
1: concert. We had a symphonic band. We had a band concert last night. My son plays in a symphonic band, so I was able to see him, which is great. And uh, tonight will be the choir. And uh, we have great, unbelievable music program. In fact, we've you know, really nationally recognized. Uh, Year over year, we get uh, the best communities of music education. There's a lot of other awards that we receive, and uh, we have students playing all over the world, really. So it's a great program.
0: Yeah, so it sounds like you are involved in every aspect. I mean, I heard involved in the programs, you're involved in funding, you're involved in the campuses, you're involved in the student body, you're involved in the Community through the Rotary Club is that correct? I mean, you're kind of involved in a lot of different things to make sure it all works.
1: Yes, and, uh, I, t- I try to be, <laughs> and uh, I'm a <laughs> member of the member of the Kiwanis, and and um, you know, there's many other organizations that I'm involved in. But I would say, like, when people try to kind of synthesize the job of a superintendent down to maybe a sentence or two, uh, when people say, "Are you?" Do you do all these things? Are you involved in, you know, on the list four or five? I just say yes. So it's right. a very eclectic job. And it's, it's quite frankly, some times it's manic, right? You have some of the greatest days you've ever had in your life as a superintendent, and then you've had some pretty bad days uh, when you're speaking at a funeral. Uh, unfortunately, I spoken at three students' funerals. And so those are terrible parts of the job that you never want to have uh, any experience in at all. And, uh, you know, at that point, you know, you're trying to help heal and bring people together and just, you know, be a source of, of support for a community. So literally, probably no matter what you say, I probably had some type of experience with some I'd be very proud of and others I would say I wish I never had that experience.
0: Right, right. So it is quite a lot to keep track of and to be involved in and I can see why you never have a dull day, correct? Well,
1: I don't have a dull day and you know it's you know just like today the the young man spoke he did such a great job. He talked with so, so much pride And his his eyes lit up when he was talking about our music program. And he had to give, you know, kind of defend what he was talking about using the four-way test from rotary and it was i mean he did an amazing amazing job and he there were four finalists and he finished fourth right and i tell you the other three kids were amazing as well and and deserved what they received but talking to him after the thing that made me so proud is that he was not upset He was proud of what he did. His grandmother was proud. Tim Walker, who's one of our assistant principals, was there. Chrissy Grable, who's our guidance counselor for 11th grade, she was there. My associate, Dr. Mary Phillips, was there. Everybody said the same thing. We're just so proud of who A.J. White is the young man's name, just so proud of of how he represented himself and how proud he was of Princeton. And so when when you have those experiences, and you watch a student so composed and just so prideful of of the school he goes to, you know, you can't, you can't be, you know, any happier to, you know, be a leader in the district. Right.
0: Right. Absolutely. Yeah, that's for sure. And I'm sure seeing students succeed in such a way really uh, makes you excited for the job and everybody that's involved in what's going on, right?
1: Oh, for sure. And, and, you know, it's funny because we have, you know, any superintendent will tell you, you know, they, they, they certainly have their days that aren't uh, aren't the best at all. But when you have a district that, you know, recently we were recognized as a top 20 school district in the country to watch in 2020 for our innovative practices and what we're doing. So that was great. It was awesome to talk about that experience. And, you know, we do that a lot because, you know, there could be something negative that happens. And quite right. frankly, there's so many positive things, so many many more positive things than negative.
0: As a reminder, you can check out all previous episodes at learnfromothers.org. And if you're an educator or a student, you can search for podcasts by career cluster. So, Tom, we learned what you wanted to be when you grew up, which was an NBA player. And that didn't happen, unfortunately. But we learned what you're doing today, which is a school superintendent. So if you would, looking back on your career, what would you do differently? I did not
1: maximize my learning in high school
0: at all. Okay.
1: I mean, literally at all. And I found myself in college being really behind the eight ball, especially when it comes to English. And the irony is that I had a column for several years in, in the largest middle-level journal or magazine in the, in the world, and it was called Middle Ground at that point, and I had a revolving column. And it was great. It was called Mark of Leadership, and they allowed me to write out anything that I wanted to, and so I had a tremendous time doing it. But it was ironic because, Here I was, this person didn't maximize learning for sure, especially in English. And then here I was, you know, having a column. And, in fact, uh, later on, wrote a book with the same title name of the column called Market Leadership. So, you know, to get to that point, I think, you know, looking back, well, not I think, for sure looking back, I would have maximized my opportunities. I would have read a lot more. Although ultimately I wouldn't want to change where I am right now, and I think things happen for a reason. So I'm where I'm supposed to be, I love my job, I'm blessed, 33 years in education,
0: Wow. Yeah, and I would agree. I was probably the same. I did not maximize myself in high school as well. I, I hit honor roll and stuff, but I, I could have done so much more if I had just applied myself a little bit more. So I have somewhat, somewhat of the same regret looking back, so I can definitely share that with you. I don't even know if I knew what honor roll was <laughs> when I was in high school. I, I think I barely oh. had a two-point,
1: and, and after that, after college or whatever, I very rarely saw anything other than an A. But you know, we're having to work doubly hard— and certainly harder than most of my peers in college uh, to, to earn the same type of grades or, or, you know, in some cases higher, maybe in some cases a little bit lower. But ultimately uh, having to work that so much harder because of all this wasted opportunity, I would never want anybody to have to do that. That's for sure.
0: Right, right. Now let's talk to the student who would like to do what you do to become a superintendent. What advice would you give them? Is there a typical career path?
1: Yeah, I mean, obviously I think it's critical to be a teacher and have that experience, I would encourage anybody who wants to be a superintendent to stay in the classroom longer than what they think that they should. Uh, It's the most amazing profession there is. And while I love my job, it's hard to ever replace the experience that you have in a classroom. Uh, That's so great. And then ultimately, uh, I wouldn't rush to get to the superintendency. At one point, I was trying to do that. I think I was really short-sighted by doing so. But, you know, being a teacher, being involved in lots of different committees and trying to gain an understanding from a teacher's perspective, what administrators go through, and then move to be an assistant principal, principal, going to central office. And then ultimately, you know, as you matriculate through these different positions, I think you gain perspective that will serve you well as a superintendent. And then, obviously, there's a lot of education that happens, too.
0: Right. Yep. And you can learn from each of the different roles, gain that level of experience that, you know, when you're in the superintendent role, you can relate to all the folks you're dealing with uh, on a daily basis. So that's really great advice. Well, now, are there any projects you're working on that you would like to share?
1: Well, you know, we're really, really proud of what we're doing with our career pathways because we're a comprehensive high school. So in Ohio, the career centers kind of take care of the jobs that, you know, maybe more hvac there could be some, some computer work, but by and large, uh, maybe advanced manufacturing, and you look at being a nurse or a police officer or something. All those jobs are basically handled by the career centers. So for the comprehensive, would be more for, traditionally more for college-bound, although there's a lot of kids in career centers that go to college. So it's not, it's not a, uh, you know, uh, whatever word I'm looking for. Sorry, I'm already on to my next thought. So my next thought is this. So a the comprehensive high school, uh, a lot of times, you know, you look for how many kids are going to college. And our biggest thing that we've been working on for the last two years is making sure that each student has a career pathway.
0: So whether it's
1: college or it's going directly into the military or career, we want to make sure that we're maximizing that opportunity for students. So we have over 425 business partners. We have our business partnership, breakfasts are huge. We had over 300 at the last one. And we put students in front of business leaders and they actually learn from each other. And it's so amazing and I think that's one of the reasons why we were recognized as being an innovative school district because it is so different what we're doing. So we wrote a big grant, we're able to uh, earn the grant And by doing so, we've hired an amazing employee, Tanya Key, who's working with our career counselor at the high school, Andrew Burroughs, and they work collectively to ensure that each of our students has a career pathway. So we have over 100 kids right now that are placed outside of the school that work during the school day, whether it's internship, job shadow, and irrespective of what the students are, what their pathway is, whether, again, college. Or military, or directly into the workforce, those students. We have a beautiful diversity of students that are out there working and getting these authentic experiences. So we're really proud of that, and that's a big, it's a big component, big push for us. And uh, we also were able to uh, ensure that we have students that are entering the ninth grade next year that have an opportunity to earn an associate's degree before they even graduate from high school. So we're really excited about that as well and many other things. But those are kind of the big ticket items, if you will, making sure that we have students that specifically have a pathway um, after they graduate. It seems so basic, but I, I assure you that there's not a lot of schools that can authentically say we know the pathway that each of our graduates is on. And we've we've assured that we know the college they're going to, we know the branch of military they're going to, and we know the work, the company, (laughs) where they're going, and that's what we're doing this year.
0: Wow. That's huge. Really mapping it out so that the students have a clear goal going forward for the education. That's really, really cool. What's the best way for our students to learn more about you or your school district? Well, if people
1: follow Twitter or if you, if you have a Twitter account, you could go to at VikingDiff, V-I-K-I-N-G-D-I-F-F. And that's Twitter. Our Instagram is at VikingDiff1. And if anybody would like to, if you had any questions You can reach me at tburton, B-U-R-T-O-N, at vikingmail.org. I'd love to hear from you, or else you could direct message me on Twitter or Instagram. Love to continue the conversation.
0: Awesome. Well, thank you so much for taking us on your career journey today, Tom. Well, thank you so
1: much. I appreciate it. And as I always say, Go Vikes!
0: Thank you for listening to Learn From Others, where we help others succeed by sharing success. Where will our next adventure take us? Subscribe to find out. If you know of someone who has a cool career story or occupation, contact Greg through Instagram at gregstanleylfo. That's g-r-e-g-s-t-a-n-l-e-y-l-f-o. And we will see you soon as we learn from others together.